Hello, health investor. Welcome back to another episode of the Health Investment Podcast. Today, you're going to hear from Sean Miner. Sean is a nutritionist, mindset expert, podcaster, online educator, and entrepreneur with a passion for empowering women to live the life of their dreams. Using a holistic, intuitive approach to wellness, plus the energetic power of her thoughts, emotions, and actions, Sean was able to go from a rock-bottom low into her dream life full of health, love, success, and freedom. A Midwestern girl turned mountain-loving foodie living in Boulder, Colorado, Sean has now built a health-conscious platform that encourages women to explore all aspects of themselves, physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, through her top-rated mindset podcast, Unstuck, her membership community, and inspiring online courses. I'm most excited for you to hear Sean's thoughts about mindset. As she explains, we usually try to explain our actions and the results of our actions in a way that's counterproductive. Instead of focusing on the results, which are just the tip of the iceberg, we've got to dive deep and figure out the beliefs, thoughts, and emotions behind our actions. The recommendations she gives for doing this are so tangible and approachable. I know her insights are just going to blow your mind. If you're loving what you're hearing on the Health Investment Podcast, please consider telling a friend, coworker, or family member about it. I'm so grateful for your help in spreading the word. Okay, it's time to hear from the brilliant Sean Miner. Enjoy! Hi, I'm Brooke Simonson, certified nutrition coach and host of the Health Investment Podcast. Here's the thing. You deserve to feel amazing. But here's the other thing. There are so many confusing messages out there. Week after week, I'm going to share tips and practices that actually work for simple weight loss and sustainable wellness, because I want to help you get healthy for good without any BS. When I'm not podcasting, I work with clients one-on-one. So visit the show notes to book your free consultation. And don't forget to leave a review so that others can become trim, energized, confident, BS-busting rock stars like you. Thanks for tuning in. Enjoy the episode. Hi, Sean. Thank you so much for joining me here today on the Health Investment Podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Brooke. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. So would you mind sharing your story and your background with everyone? Yeah, I will. So I am a nutritionist and mindset coach. I came to these fields by way of my own experience, which I think is the case, you know, for so many of us out there that are kind of in this health and wellness space. We originally have our own issues, and then that leads us to finding out information that helps ourselves in our own situation. And then we just want to, you know, kind of shout it from the rooftop, share with everybody and really uh, help more people with with similar things. So that's how it was for me. I started, you know, my story really could go back so, so far, but I will uh, keep it short and and really share what turned into a passion for both nutrition and mindset work, which was my own health issues, starting with autoimmune disease uh, and then using food as medicine to heal uh, and essentially um, reverse out of autoimmune disease. My first diagnosis was ulcerative colitis back in 20, uh, gosh, let's see, 2013, I guess. Um, 
And then moving forward, feeling better, doing all this stuff, wanting to share all of this kind of food as medicine world with uh, everyone that I could. I started my nutrition pack practice. I got certified as a nutritional therapy practitioner, all the good stuff, and really started that practice. And then things started falling apart again for me health-wise. And at that point, I was already feeling like I was doing everything I was supposed to do, quote unquote, and making all the changes I needed to make to really thrive. And I wasn't. I was slowly losing more and more of my health. Random symptoms kept popping up didn't know how to put two and two together, started seeing all these doctors and practitioners and nutritionists and everybody everybody I could get my hands on to try to understand what was going on uh, for me and my health. Um, and, you know, long story short, turned out it was due to toxic mold exposure. I was living in a home that was um, full of mold and didn't know it. And it was causing me some massive health issues because of that. And, you know, the whole process is you to basically undo that damage is a long one and it's a very specific protocol. I was found a doctor who was able to take me through all of that, but what also happened in that process is I um I lost so much of myself. I you know just being so sick and and part of that illness one major thing that con- contributed to me knowing that I was sick was this rapid 40-pound weight gain um, in a matter of months that didn't make any sense, didn't add up, uh, really left me feeling like I didn't know who I was. I didn't recognize myself in the mirror. But then also this feeling of, you know, many times I would basically wake up and have to go right back to bed for the day. I was just so fatigued, so much brain fog. Um, I my joints hurt, so I couldn't do the things that I love. I'm a very active person, and I couldn't do those things. I didn't have the energy or capacity to do what I was used to doing um, and my hobbies anymore. And that really left me like energetically drained and um, just really lost my love of life. And I've always been a really excited person, a really outgoing person, a really happy person. And I lost all of that in that process of being sick. So I went through this protocol of getting well. I transitioned into a keto diet to help with my healing process of my physical body, but my emotional health and my mental health were still really struggling. So it was in this like deep, dark moment, I consider my rock bottom moment as of now, when I just realized that what I needed to heal wasn't my physical body. I mean, yes, of course, that was a piece of it, but I had a lot more that I needed to work on if I wanted to really get my life back. You know, it was so much more than just like, I wanted to feel good. It was just like, I needed to become the person that I was meant to be. And I was no longer there. So, uh, you know, so much had gone on mentally and emotionally with me and in my body. And, um, it just led to this like kind of, um, enlightened moment, I guess you could think of it. This turn turning point for me where I committed to working on my mental and emotional health. And I had never, ever, ever thought about any of this before that moment. It was never something I considered. It was just not on the table. You know, I did did the stress relief and I did that kind of stuff uh, that I had learned as a nutritional therapy practitioner, but I never really looked more into what my thoughts were doing um, to my physical, mental, and emotional health and what my energy 
what kind of energy I was putting out and how I could change that energy to be a match for what I wanted. I just really started down this essentially rabbit hole that I'm now four years into and still fully in. And it completely changed everything for me. And it was something that, you know, as a nutritionist, I became really involved in the keto world and really um, started uh, teaching that and helping women through that and created a, a really um, booming business essentially based on that. And I kept this part of my healing journey very private. I didn't talk about it. I didn't mention it. It was something that I kept just for me, but it was something that was so powerful for me and still is every day so powerful for me that eventually it got to this point where I couldn't not share it. And especially with being someone who worked so closely with women and really women that were quite sick uh, and or women that really, really wanted to change their physical bodies. They were dead set on losing weight no matter what it took. And that's often the people that come to the keto diet. So in working so closely with these types of women uh, on their diet, on their, um, their physical health, I couldn't help but notice this like giant gaping hole that was missing in all of their healing journeys, which was, you know, what I was kind of doing behind the scenes, but then realizing that it couldn't stay behind the scenes any longer because this was really impacting uh, other women and their inability to heal themselves um, or to, you know, get into the body they want or whatever it may be to realize their goals essentially because they were getting in their own way um, through their mindset and through their thoughts and emotions. And so it just got to this point where I was like, okay, I love talking about nutrition, but there's so much more that I now feel this intense desire to teach. So here we go. And then that's where I have been now for the past about year and working to with women to really heal um, their mental, emotional, spiritual, energetic health to really, truly be the person they want to be. How did you know that what led you to take that first step into the mindset stuff, the emotional healing? How did you figure out that that was the step you needed to take? I mean, like I said, it was this rock bottom point for me where I, I mean, just on a very surface level, I spent the entire day, it was a Sunday, I spent the entire day in bed crying. I could not stop crying. I just was, had totally lost it. I had so much pent up emotion. I was so just like distraught with negative emotion. I was sad and angry and frustrated and disappointed. And I didn't even know if I was ever going to get better. Now, this this kind of rock bottom point was also the lowest of my low in my physical health. Like I said, I didn't recognize myself in the mirror. I didn't recognize the person I had become. I hadn't seen my friends in months. I hadn't done anything fun in months. I couldn't even go on a hike. And that's one of my favorite things to do. I just, I wasn't me. And it's just like, you get to this point where you're like, what has happened here? What am I doing? Mm -hmm. it, so much more so got to the point where, like I said, I just wanted to get my life back. I just wanted to be me again. And I could see so clearly all of the separation that had happened between who I really truly am at my core and how I was acting, how I was behaving and what I was thinking and how I was feeling and all that stuff. So it was finally putting the two and two together where like I just couldn't, I couldn't 
go another day feeling the way I did that day and and feeling so, so, so depressed um, and just wanting to lay in bed all day and cry. I couldn't do that ever again. I was no longer willing to let that be my life. Hmm. So I know on your podcast called Unstuck, which I'll link to so everybody can find it, but you cover a variety of topics from nutrition and stress to getting out of a funk. But I would love to focus on the mindset piece that you brought up and also the manifestation. I haven't had a mindset or a manifestation expert on yet. So if that's okay with you, we'll kind of dive into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What would you say, so if somebody's never heard that term manifestation, or maybe they think it seems kind of woo-woo, how would you define that? Yeah, I mean, manifestation can take so many different levels, and there really is so much um, kind of, you know, like you said, the quote-unquote woo-woo terms out there when people talk about manifestation, but really, it's not. I mean, we all do it every day, whether we realize it or not. It's not like this only this special person can manifest what they want or um, and you know basically you know definition of manifestation is kind of uh you co-creating with your higher power whatever that is for you i like to call it the universe it just is kind of a, a pretty easy term for people to understand you co-creating with the universe your deepest desires. Uh, you being in charge of your life could be kind of a non-woo-woo way to look at it. You getting out of your own way is a really great uh, kind of very practical way to think about it. Because when we are not getting what we want, when we have a desire that is not coming to fruition, why? Because we are in our own way, whether we know it or not. And quite often, we don't know it. We don't know that's what we're doing. Um, but if you're not getting what you want, that's why. So I, I think manifestation in its simplest place is you realizing that you're in your own way and doing what you need to do to get out of your own way so that you can uh, get what you desire. It's simple as that. Yeah, I've been doing a lot of delving into that manifestation world, if you will, on my own through books and podcasts and things. But it was kind of, I don't know, I don't want to say reassuring, but I guess some of the stuff I was reading was really out there. But then I was reading also a lot about how CEOs and the top athletes in the world, this is a part of their day-to-day existence. And the visualization and the manifestation practices, they get to where they are through this work. Um, It made me even think my husband and I finished the Michael Jordan documentary Mm -hmm. that's on ESPN right now. And in the last- Yeah, it's so good. But you can just Mm -hmm. tell when he has his eyes closed before a game, it's like he's visualizing the entire game and how it's going to go and him winning. And he even said, this isn't giving anything away, but he says that, you know, he always, he sees himself winning. He doesn't settle for anything less. That's the only thought in his head is the win. And he mentions, why would I worry about all the other, or the other outcome of losing or all the things that could go wrong? I'm only going to focus on and put all of my energy into what I want. Um, so there again, yeah. so, you know, He's the, the perfect top example. Yeah. The top athlete, one of the top, top athletes in the world is like, this is what you have to do to get that type of success. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so interesting. If people only knew the amount of, you know, highly influential, highly successful people that are using these practices every single day in their lives and really, um, you know, chalking their success 
do to these practices, people will be like, okay, I'm going to do it. <laughs> Fine. I'll do it. Yeah. Great. If that's what the outcome is, sure. But it's like, there's, there's, um, still so much, I think, um, like you said, kind of that quote unquote woo woo kind of out there terms that some people prefer to use. And I actually prefer the more woo woo, but that's something I just kind of, I uh, can turn on and are off depending on the audience. But, um, you know, there's still, there's, there's so much practical, like real life, really workable tools within it that, like I said, we're all doing, whether we realize it or not. It's just when you can actually realize it and use it to your advantage, everyone can do it. Would you say mindset and manifestation, are those synonymous to you or are they different? I think they're different. I think mindset is a kind of like a way of being almost and manifestation is a tool within the mindset framework in a way, I guess. Okay. Yeah. So you mentioned there's so many accessible, practical ways to start a manifestation practice. So what are some things you recommend to somebody just who's a beginner, who's never heard of this before to start that work? Yeah. I mean, I actually think it's kind of, I would actually take a step back and instead of going straight for manifestation, if you're kind of new to this whole thing, just start with mindset work. To start okay. really learning more about what mi- your mindset is, what it even means, what that word, you know, that word is full of just so much stuff even in itself that I really think the first step is to understand more about that. And then you can use manifestation as kind of a tool once you've really learned more about you and your mindset. So I really like this kind of, uh, I guess it's a framework, we'll say to help people understand what their mindset is or what mindset means. And it's kind of like a flow. It starts with your beliefs. And we'll go into what all these mean. starts with your beliefs. Your beliefs then turn into your thoughts. Your thoughts then lead into an emotion. You have an emotional experience because of that thought. And then that emotion you take action based on that emotion and then that action leads to a result. Okay, so a lot of us almost cut off most of that um that whole framework. So we usually pretty much look at our actions and our results, especially if you are someone who's in the health space or the diet space, wellness space, whatever. If you're someone who's looking to um, lose weight or have some sort of ch- physical change, this is where we go. We think, okay, I will eat this food. I will not eat this food. I will eat this much. I will not eat this much. You know, all these kind of quote unquote rules, uh, which I know is not something that you necessarily prescribe, but uh, so we're talking to the right audience. But we still know we have these kinds of rules. And then from there, we look at the result. So if I do this thing or don't do this thing, my action, it will lead to or not lead to this result. And we have completely bypassed 90% of what's really going on. We've actually totally forgotten to look at the root of how all of this occurs. So we cut that off. We do uh, go action, result, action, result, action, result. And quite often, it doesn't work. It may work for the short term. Uh, You may get that result in the short term, but because you've cut cut off the root issue or the root cause, you haven't really uh, dove into that, 
then you will not have actually made change. You may have made temporary change. You haven't made lasting change. So in order to make lasting change, we have to go all the way to the beginning, which is the beliefs. And so beliefs, I think a lot of people may have heard the term limiting beliefs before. I like to call them stories because that's really what they are. They are just kind of these these um, thoughts, these stories that we have downloaded and accepted as true and stored in our subconscious mind. Most of our stories uh, came when we were little. We don't even know that they are there. We have carried them around for 20, 30, 40, 50 years, and we don't even know they're there. They're lodged in our subconscious mind way back in there, kind of in the warehouse of our mind. And that is just replaying over and over and over in our head. Our mind doesn't know whether that is true or not, whether that's still true or not. It's just there. And it will constantly make sure like your, your mind's goal is to make sure that you comply with that story because it thinks it's true. So you will go through life complying with that belief. So if we can start to understand our beliefs and we can see that they're there. So say, um, well, I'm, I'm trying to think of a, of a very common limiting belief. Like, What about like, I, I can't lose weight? Okay, sure. Let's do that. So let's do losing weight is hard. How about that? That's a good one. Okay. 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 Losing weight is hard. That is what you you have come to believe is true through your subconscious mind, maybe because your mom said that to you when you were, you know, she just said that in passing about herself and her own weight loss battle when you were six years old and you took that in to be true. Huh. Um, you heard that in a commercial. You saw that on uh, a magazine article. Uh, you learned that through uh, the newspaper or the radio, something like that. You got that lodged into your system. You may have even uh, tried to lose weight before and you had a hard time. So now that's just being reinforced, right? You're constantly reinforcing it. So anyway, you have this belief. So you have the belief losing weight is hard. So then your thoughts are going to be based on losing weight is hard. You are going to have Uh, you're going to be like, well, I'll try this diet, but it's probably not going to work because losing weight is hard. Mm -hmm. Or like, yeah, I mean, I have to eat 1200 calories because losing weight can't be easy. It has to be hard. So yeah, if it it does, if I'm hungry, then I'm doing it right kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Like we have this constant reinforcement in our thoughts. So like, yeah, I'll try this diet, but it's probably not going to work because losing weight is hard. So then we have the thought, even again, this is again, we don't even know this is going on so often. We don't know that that's what's going on in the back of our heads. We are having this moment. This is just all kind of going on under the um, under the surface, so to say. So then we have an emotion when we say, yeah, I'll try this diet, but it's probably not going to work. So now our emotion is like frustration, um, sadness, depression, like who cares? It's not going to work anyway kind of thing. Like we already have set in stone. It's not going to work. So our emotion is going based on that. We're not excited now to go Uh on this diet because we know it's not going to work. So instead, we're just kind of like blah about it. We're already disappointed in this diet that we know isn't going to work, but we're going to try it anyway. So then that emotion leads to action, which is uh, you either start the diet, hate it, 
know it's not going to work. So then you stop the next day or you quote unquote cheat or, you know, I hate all using all these like diet terms, yeah. but this is just where we're going with this. Well, yeah. Um, and it's, they're, they're a real thing. They're out there. They're, they're out there for sure. I was one of those people. So I totally get it. Um, you cheat or you fall off the wagon or you yo-yo or, you know, you do good Monday through Thursday and then you're off because you've already set in stone that it's not going to work. Um, and you've already said in stone that it's going to be hard. So then you make it hard and you keep it from working. And so then that is where the result comes in. So you've already decided way back in your beliefs that it's not going to work. So guess what? It's not going to work. You are going to make it hard. You are going to have um, these yo-yo patterns. You're going to be on and off. You're going to be cheating. You're going to be uh, you know, and then all of that, of course, leads to guilt and uh, shame and all these other uh, negative emotions and all these other negative thoughts that then just reinforce that belief. So mm. it's like we just keep going through this cycle. So you can keep trying all these diets. You can keep trying to change your thoughts. You can keep trying to feel hopeful. You can keep trying to do all this stuff. But if you haven't looked yet at the root, you are not ever going to really get anywhere because you still have that that story going on. So that's what really, in my opinion, is the essence of mindset work. It is, as I've said a million times, and I'll continue to say, like 75% awareness. It is building awareness about why you do what you do, why you feel what you feel, why you think what you think, and seeing if you can really dial in to those um, those stories that you have, those limiting beliefs that you've carried around for years, because that's when real change can happen. And so it's really just getting super curious with yourself and what you're doing and why things aren't working and why you still haven't uh, reached a goal that you've set or, or a dream that you're aspiring to. Why isn't any of that working? That's when we can really find the, the answers. As you were talking, I was just envisioning an iceberg. I don't know if you've ever thought about that, but I was just, as you started, yeah. you were saying on the surface, it's the results and the, or the actions mm -hmm. and the results, but then below the surface, the beliefs, thoughts, emotions, yes. all the stuff that we don't see or ever kind of look at. So how would somebody then figure out what their limiting beliefs and stories are if they're ingrained in them from childhood? How do you do that work? Yeah. So like I said, it's it's just that awareness. It's just getting really, really curious and it's asking yourself questions. And this is one of the reasons why I started journaling myself in the first place was really so that I could kind of get through the muck that I call it, this mental muck that we have to really get to the heart of the problem that I was facing and the beliefs that I was um, kind of going against. Uh, and this is... I, I, that's why I love journaling and I really recommend journaling. So what you can just start asking yourself questions, ask all the questions that you can think of. Like I said, why do you do what you do? Why, like, why am I doing this? Why isn't this diet working? Why am I telling myself that it's not going to happen? You know, just keep asking why. So you can start kind of with a, a surface level pro problem and then go into the whys. So just all the questions you can think of. Um, that's one way to go. And then the second thing that I tell people to do when they're first starting out is to just start writing down 
their thoughts. So it's like a brain dump. It's a free write. Just write down everything that you thought about that day, everything that came up, everything that's in your mind. Um, First of all, it feels really good just to get it out on paper and to see everything that goes on in your head in just five minutes is insane. Um, So that feels good just to get a little release there. But then also within that brain dump, you will find your beliefs. Your beliefs will be hidden in there. You just have to, again, do a little bit more digging, Do a, be a little more curious, start doing a little more um, kind of introspection, I guess, and see what you can come up with. But they're in there. It's a really great tool to use. Um, and it's, it's just so much about um, learning more about yourself. So if you can do that and you can start, you know, being more involved in your life experiences and more involved in your emotions, and that brings up another point, when, uh, one of the things that I think we're best at, we're even better than knowing what we're thinking is knowing what we're feeling. And it's not even like we know that we're angry or sad or frustrated or upset, but we just know we don't feel right. Like we feel off, we feel stressed, we feel anxious, we are having a negative experience. That from there is a great starting point to be uh, curious and be like, why am I feeling this? And then see if you can come up with where what that thought was that got you to that emotion because you don't have an emotion without a thought first. So what was that thought that got me there? And then like, well, where did that thought come from? Why did I think that? You know, again, it's just questions, questions, questions. It's really fun too. You can kind of think of it like you're being your own investigator, which I love. Yeah, I love that idea. Do you do, do you recommend journaling in the morning and at night or just one or the other works better? What would you... To sustain that habit. Yeah, it's just whenever it works for you. I mean, I think the biggest reason why people don't do this kind of work is because they're like, oh, God, just another thing to add to my to-do list. No, I don't want it to be like that. Uh, And I will actually have a rebuttal for that too. But first, I would just say whenever it feels best for you, whenever you have a free moment, journaling is a very, very important self-care activity. It's kind of a me time activity. So it should be a time where you do, you don't feel rushed. You don't feel interrupted. You're not checking your phone every five seconds that you can actually sit down, take a few deep breaths, light a candle, get comfortable, have a glass of wine or some water, some coffee or whatever. Just make it an experience. Um, And then it really will start pouring out of you a lot easier. I find a lot of people are like, well, I sat down with my journal and I didn't know, I couldn't get it going. Nothing to write, nothing to say. I just sat there and stared at it. But it is the whole experience. It's not just looking at a blank page of paper. It's really tapping into yourself. It's really calming your nervous system, taking a few deep breaths, and then like being with yourself and then see what comes up. So if you can do that in the morning, cool. If it's nighttime, cool. If it's in the middle of the day, that's great too, just whenever you can. And it doesn't have to be every day if you don't want it to be. But if you are, especially in these places where you feel like you're just in a bad mood or you're in a, in a, having a negative emotion, something's up, that's definitely where you'd want to turn turn to your journal. I've tried to 
sustain a journaling practice. And uh, I mean, I obviously could do it, but it's one of those things where I just feel like, okay, I have to do this. And then I don't do it. And then I'm thinking, oh, maybe I should do meditation. And then I hear, oh, breath work can be even better than meditation. There's all these things floating around. Mm -hmm. So what do you think in terms of meditation? I see the way you're talking about it. I feel like I could definitely do that. Because when I've tried to journal in the past, I haven't had something tangible, like you said, just the constant questioning or the brain dump that gives me guidance. Whereas I feel like there's so many different journals out there. It's almost overwhelming. So I like that really tangible action, but where do you stand on meditation and breath work? Is your first recommendation usually the journaling? My, I mean, if we're going to really get into like, um, like actually creating a practice, I guess, I personally think that meditation is a non-negotiable. Anybody mm. that wants to make lasting, true, real changes in themselves, and this is not just mentally and emotionally, this is physically too. There are study upon study upon study showing mindfulness, um, you know, meditation, and the impact it has on your physical health too, along with your mental and emotional health. So it's like just totally non-negotiable for me. It's something that I don't ever miss in my own practice. And when I do, I feel it and I don't like it and I can tell the difference immediately. So uh, and I've just I've seen it in so many people too, and the women I work with, it's like life changing. Just that one simple thing is so life changing for them. And you know, a big, like I said, a big kind of complaint is, well, how in the world am I supposed to find 10, 15 minutes to meditate? I'm barely surviving as it is, especially now. I have the kids at home all the time, and uh, family is all around, and there's no quiet time, there's no empty space, that kind of thing. Uh, and I reply <laughs> very kindly that doing meditation, and this goes for other forms of mindset work too, but a simple 10 to 15 minute meditation will add hours of time to your day mm. because you are doing so everything else that you do, especially if you do your uh, a meditation in the morning. Everything else you do for the day has a new level of focus, of attention, of intention, of presence. Like you are so much more in alignment uh, with your mind to what your day will bring that it buys you time. I know it doesn't seem like it. And I know, again, it's like, oh, one more thing on my to-do list. I promise you, your to-do list will get done so much faster and so much more efficiently and so much better when you add meditation to your life. I've seen it myself. I've seen it in so many other people. It, you just can't deny it because you are just having you – you are present. You are having that much more presence to your day when you start with meditation. So yeah, it's a non-negotiable tool uh, for me and for my clients and for everyone I work with that's – something we got to do. And no, it doesn't have to be every day. I mean, it would be great if it could be. That's cool. But it doesn't have to be. But if you can make it a part of your regular routine a few days a week even, you're going to see massive improvements. 
And you can kind of ease into it, right? With a few minutes, starting with a few minutes and easing up to maybe 10 or 15. Yeah. And I think another really important thing is to note that it doesn't have to be like a silent meditation where you're never thinking thoughts and you're just like in your body the whole time and totally present. That's just not reality. That's not going to happen. I don't know anybody that can do that except for like monks or people that are actual, Mm -hmm. like even meditation teachers don't do that. That's not the goal. That's not the point. The point is to uh, begin making a practice around that. It's a practice. It's not a perfection. To practice. So yeah. if you yeah. spend, I mean, most of the time I spend like, some days I spend like 10 seconds <laughs> actually in my body and not thinking. But it's the, yeah. even just that 10 seconds is profound for the human experience. But it's, it's that the, the action, the practice of it. And then as you continue, then you spend 20 seconds and then you spend 60 seconds and then you spend two minutes, you know, and so there, and there will always be some days where it's like, what did I even just do that entire time? But think, and then there's other days where you feel really in the flow and you're like, oh, that was so beautiful and wonderful. And now I feel like a different person. So there's varying situations that will happen with meditation and the goal is not perfection and never will be perfection. But then also there are many different forms of meditation too. I love listening to music as my meditation and then kind of working, focusing my breath and and getting into my body and connecting with my inner being while listening to music. That really uh, lights me up. There's also visualization meditations. There's guided meditations where they're basically uh, assisting you and getting back to your point of focus and getting out of your mind. So you're having that constant kind of reminder. Um, there's like affirmations. There, I mean, there's all kinds of different meditations, you can choose what's best for you. It can change every single day too. So there's no um, right or wrong way. So yeah, of course, it's perfect if you just want to start with a minute. That's great. But you also might find, hey, I can listen to 20 minutes of this really beautiful music that really gets me in the zone. And there you go. That feels great too. So Mm -hmm. it's just you got to try different things on and see what... um, what works best for you and what feels good for you. And, and it can change day by day. So it does for me, that's for sure. Real quick, I want to take a break from the episode to share one of my favorite resources with you. One of the BS messages floating around out there is that eating healthy costs too much. Honestly, I used to believe this myself. That is until I discovered thrivemarket.com. Thrive Market is an online grocery platform that's essentially Costco meets Trader Joe's meets Whole Foods. I love that I can shop on their mobile app and have all of my favorite groceries, everything from natural wine to 100% grass-fed beef to nutritious crackers, everything delivered right to my door. Last year, I saved over $1,000 shopping on Thrive. I honestly can't think of one reason not to love it. To save a percentage off your first order and see my full shopping list, click through the links in the show notes. Now, back to the episode. It's funny as you're talking that I'm identifying this own story. I've told myself this limiting belief of meditation's too hard. Yes. I've tried it. I'm not good at it. Mm -hmm. I can't do it. So then obviously I haven't developed a practice, but 
I think it started when I downloaded the Headspace app mm-hmm. and I had it for a full year and I never used it. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh, waste of money. I suck at this. <laughs> yeah. So you have some stories there for sure, which is yeah. it's, they're yeah. all just meant to be broken and redesigned, which you can do. And the best way to do that is to prove it wrong. So all it takes is then giving it a try and uh, knowing that it's not about perfection. It's just about practicing. That's all it is. And um, I I use the Insight Timer app and that I really love that. I, I used Headspace for a really long time too, uh, but I switched a couple years ago to Insight Timer. And I really love that app because it does give you the options of music, of silence, of guided, of affirmation. There's all different kinds that you can do and thousands of different teachers. So you can listen to a different voice and a different teacher every day, which I like too. You kind of find your favorites um, and can do that too. Just a little a- extra tip. That, yeah, no, that's awesome. There's so many resources out there. And I think I like to how you said it's practice, not perfection, because in my mind, it's either meditation is using the Headspace app, which I failed at. So mm-hmm. I have this story that I'm not good at that way. And then the other way I picture is like the monk you mentioned. Oh, right. Yes. Like sitting cross-legged. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Nope. And I'm just like, that is not me. So I have these two stories of yeah. that's not me and that's not me. Therefore, I'm not a meditator. But I love all the options you gave and the accessibility of starting with a couple minutes or starting with music or one of the guided ones, you, like you said. Uh, so those are all really awesome tips. Yep. You can't do it wrong. I'm wondering when you did... Okay, good. <laughs> I love things that I can't mess up at. So. <laughs> what? Uh, when would you say that you really noticed that the mindset work you were doing paid off? Do you have any type of aha moment of, wow, this is really working? Well, I would say it started working immediately. (laughs) Uh, It really is that quickly when you realize how much of your life has been dictated by your thoughts and by negative emotion. Uh, When you really start looking at where you sit as far as your emotions most of the time, it's such an eye opener. And for me, it was especially at that time because I was in a very negative headspace and thus negative emotions attached. So it was very easy for me at that time when I first started mindset work to um, to see that and to be like, oh, okay. So yeah, I mean, it's not a great day, uh, but instead of just feeling like angry and sad and frustrated, maybe instead I could get to this place where I feel hopeful. And I have thoughts about how potentially my I could get my life back. I could get my health back. You know, it was like I, I was able to almost immediately, like that day, see how I could make these simple shifts to my thoughts, which then made those same shifts to my emotion, which then, of course, lead me, leads me to act differently and get a different result. So that happened immediately. But I would say I really got into more like spiritual work. Yeah, like I know we're not talking woo here, but I did get into more spiritual work. I got into uh, more of the manifestation, the law of attraction, the visualization, the affirmations, uh, and and working on all of that. And I mean, it was within months that I was living a completely different life. I had created a healthy body. I could feel my body getting healthier by the day. I had created a different landscape for my business. Uh, I had, 
you know, and then, you know, a couple, probably about a year after this work, I moved into my dream condo that would not have been possible a year before that. And I found the love of my life, which I had been single for six years and had been in some really bad relationships previous to that. So, and I worked on those. It wasn't just like they just happened. I worked to manifest them. I had those visions in mind. I used the tools, the practice that I had built to create those things and to bring them into my experience. And I fully credit this work that I did on this life that I now have, which is living in this, um, you know, my dream place with my dream partner and my dream business and my dream dog, and you know, like all these things, they came about because of this work. Hmm. Your dog is very cute. Oh, I know, she's the best. <laughs> she's such a sweetheart. She, I saw her in a backpack or something the yes. other day when you were hiking. I was like, yes. I need a dog in a backpack. <laughs> yes, it does get very hot, but yeah, it's really cute. And we just don't want her to miss out on these fun adventures that we take when she, even though she can't ride a bike. So, you know, part of the family now. So cute. <laughs> I love that. Well, I'm so great, grateful for your time. But the final question I ask each of my guests is based on the title of the show. In your opinion, what does it mean to make the health investment? I think making the health investment is committing to finding your best self physically, mentally, emotionally, energetically, spiritually, however far you want to go down that it's just making that commitment to to doing that for yourself. Oh yeah, I love that. Where can listeners follow and find you? Yeah, so I also have a podcast. It's called Unstuck. Comes out every Friday, so you can find that wherever you listen to podcasts and uh find me there if you're interested in doing more mindset work specifically related to your health and you know, career and love and all that stuff. We talk about it all over there. And I also am on Instagram at Sean Miner. I do a lot of stuff over there. And everything else is over on my website, which is seanminer.com. That's M-Y-N-A-R.com. I'm curious, do you have any episode that you would direct people to that's more about the manifesting piece? I know we talked a lot about mindset, but yeah. if somebody's interested in that visualization Yeah, practice, really like the first probably six episodes are kind of setting the stage for all of this. So I definitely recommend episode number three, which talks more about how emotions really guide what happens in your life, but that's really important to the manifestation work. And then I think it's episode four, I want to say, that is all about how to manifest. It's like the actual steps to manifest your dreams. So um, episode three and four, and then, you know, I talk about it a lot. So really every other episode is part of that puzzle. Cool. I'll put for sure links to episodes three and four and then your podcast in general so that people can find it. Yeah, great. But Yeah. Thank you so much for being here today. I learned so much. I was typing little notes myself over here (laughs) as you were talking and I can't wait to start my meditation practice and not perfection practice. Yes, exactly. You will love it. I promise. Great. Well, thanks so much again. And I look forward to staying connected on Instagram. Yes, for sure. Thank you so much for having me. Well, that's all for today. Before the next episode drops, I'd love to chat with you one-on-one about the BS messages and methods currently holding you back. You deserve simple weight loss and sustainable wellness. So let's figure out how to make both happen. 
To book your free consultation, click through the link in the show notes. Again, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Health Investment Podcast. See you next week. All content in this podcast was created for general informational purposes only by a non-physician. None of the content should serve as a substitute for professional medical advice, treatment, or diagnosis. Always consult a qualified health provider with any questions regarding a medical condition and before making changes to your diet, lifestyle, and or exercise programs. Do not disregard any professional medical advice you have received or postpone seeking such advice because of something you heard on this podcast.